everybody, to You Meet in a Tavern Presents Void, Episode 5. Going to be coming at you here shortly. Uh, the dungeon master of this adventure is myself, Kirk Dubay, alongside Joe, Brian, and Tins. But you guys already knew that. Um, who wants to give me the recap for the last time? Tins. It's Jimmy's turn. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we went to the uh, factory. Food place, factory. The, ba- yep. the base, the food factory mm-hmm. that used to be Cinnabar Island. Um, it took us a very long time to get to the second floor. Clearly designed to take us like five minutes. Took us like 50 minutes. Correct. Lots yes. of minutes. Um, <laughs> I, I can't remember if this happened in the last episode. I tried to trick a security guard into what well, we were trying to walk in. I tried to trick a security guard in the helicopter, failed, so my timber battered him unconscious, and then... Um, that was all episode three. Yeah, right. that was episode three. <laughs> the episode four was, the, was pretty much the battle. What, what happened just at the, the battle? Very, oh, it was just the, the battle. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. That's right. That that's was right. another thing that was supposed to take. Very simple <laughs> recap. Let me just rewind. Very simple re- recap. <laughs> we won the battle. <laughs> um, after we won the battle, the scientists... Uh, ate um, like cyanide pills or something. We stole their Pokemon. Um, even though, although I, I don't think we're able to open them, open the Pokeballs, but we got their Pokemon. I have a Gothita. Uh, Joe has a Staryu. Staryu. Yeah. Um, and we got the plans. And all we had to do is get on the elevator and leave. Uh, at which point... <laughs> Ash Ketchum arrived, <laughs> uh, I think, or Red from the original game. Some sort of uh, young whippersnapper with Pokemon arrived. And I rolled a natural 20 on a deception trek to trick him into letting us leave. And instead of leaving, uh, Joe decided to talk to him until he attacked us. Uh, wrong, wrong. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely uh, wrong. It was actually Mortimer <laughs> who tried to use his ghastly to put him to sleep, I think. Oh, uh, right. Well, Joe um, was talking then, to him, too. Right? Weren't, didn't you hesitate? You were like, oh, well, what's I was like, who to? the fuck are you and what are you doing here? It was yeah. another moment of radically overthinking a very easy <laughs> way out. So for everybody at home, I obviously have my notes and in my outline, I've kind of put like episode one, kind of how I thought the pacing of this was going to be. So far, we're recording episode five. We're still in episode three of my notes. <laughs> we are so good at this. So, so good. So, uh, yeah. So the ghastly hypnosis failed miserably. Um, uh, our, as Jamal calls him, the young whippersnapper who, uh, I thought it would be fun just to dis, like, uh, to disguise him or dress him up as, uh, red, kind of like as a throwback. Um, took that as a sign of hostility and he immediately pulled out his own Pokeball. And I believe, uh, the last thing I said last episode was roll initiative. So that's where we're going to start. Oh, yeah. Can I, uh, slip, um, Bud, a potion before we roll initiative. Is that possible? I'll let it be a free action on your turn, but okay. the initiative order, I don't think would... I, I need the initiative order to settle as is, but I will okay. let you do it unnaturally, the potion, as a uh, as a free action, and you'll see why. Perfect. Natural 20. I also is. got a natural 20. I have Ooh. three decks. It's my decks, right? Yeah, trainer. I've only got one. So 23. 21. 11. Okay. So it's going to go Jimmy, Young Whippersnapper, 
Damn. What? Damn. Brian, are you fucking kidding me? 21, and I'm giving myself the tie because, because right. I'm yeah. in front of you. Um, so, Brian, <laughs> and then Joe, you're last. Okay, sweet. Potion. Okay, so currently the way the room is set up, if I recall correctly, and somebody correct me if I'm wrong, the young whippersnapper is a couple feet outside of the elevator looking in towards the back. Ghastly is in front of him. Uh, June is to the whippersnapper's left. Uh, Jimmy went back to the back uh, where the scientist was to get the schematics, correct? No, I was standing no, yeah. on the elevator. I got the schematics, and uh, Ash Ketchum walked past Jimmy. Yeah, he was like, he was like wandering into the room, kind of like, "What the fuck happened here?" So okay. I think he might be in so, front of some so of us. So Jimmy's Jimmy's behind the young whippersnapper. Gasly's in front. June's to the left, and Mortimer. I don't recall where he would be. He probably forgot. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Mortimer, the character. Oh, abs- he has yeah. No idea. I mean, uh, <laughs> absolutely. So we'll just say to the right. So you guys kind of like have a. Uh, a triangular shape around the young whippersnapper, um, whom is remained nameless, but for the sake of uh, description, does look like Ash Ketchum, because uh, I thought what, that would be I funny. What does Ash Ketchum look like? Ash Ketchum's like <laughs> the main character in the story, in like the uh, in like all in of the them? show, in the show, in the show, in like all of them. Yeah, he actually remains all the way through, like the same age. Somebody, some, somebody's gonna rake me over the coals <laughs> for that for that oh, false information. One hundred percent. Okay, so that's where we are. Jimmy, you're up. All right. Jimmy's pissed. Very pissed. Because (laughs) we could have just left. But nonetheless, he recognizes it's time to fight. So he will throw out Timber. I guess does... What's his face? Have a... So the Pokeball is out. We rolled initiative. So you're going to be the only one that gets an action, I would say, on the kid. Does that make sense? Like the only one that'll get, that you like that you can go directly at the kid because he hasn't thrown out a Pokemon yet. Okay. Uh, Timber, hit him over the head before he throws out a Pokemon <laughs> <laughs> with a pound. Um, that is a dirty twenty. Nice. Sure. <laughs> sure. Just, it's like sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. 1d6 plus 2 is a 3. Timber takes a, a, a kind of a wild slash at the kid. Uh, the kid who whirls around on his heels kind of his last second. Uh, what was going to be kind of like a careening headshot. Uh, the kid kind of gets like a shoulder and kind of like a forearm up to absorb some of the hit. And he's kind of like um, tossed to the side, we'll say towards uh, towards Mortimer. So it was like a strike on his left. So he kind of like goes across the room to his right. Um, and the kid kind of like quickly like picks and kind of does like the anime slide, you know, <laughs> like after getting hit. <laughs> and he looks and he now notices that there's two Pokemon and kind of, I guess, we would like assume June has one as well. So he has in his left hand, he has the Pokeball that he pulled out and he fires sidearm uh, this Pokemon towards the elevator and then he quickly grips two more out of uh, off of his right hip and throws those back into the middle of the room and popping out of uh, each ball closest to the elevator is a Bulbasaur a green dinosaur like creature with a flower bulb on its back uh, a Chimchar uh, which is a small little chimpanzee monkey uh, kind of like 
orange, brown, red uh, colors, and it's a fire type Pokemon. Uh, and then the last one is a little bipedal crocodile that's completely blue uh, that you'll find out is Toto Dial. So um, I guess this okay. is one. Of- Can you spell those? Because <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm going to go through them again just to do the do the voice <laughs> read here. Uh, bulb, bulb, a sore, S A. I got that one. Yeah. Okay. Chim, char, C H I M C H A R. Uh, and the last okay. one is Toto, so T O T O D I. That's all I was going around. Okay, perfect. Thank you. I'm going to need you to do that every time. <laughs> That's fine. Okay. Also, also, so that our listeners can listen along and add them in their Pokedex, so that they know we've seen them too. Boom. Oh yeah, I can add. Those. Um. So what I'm going to do, just for the sake of what's going on, since you're all kind of taken aback, I'm going to say that you all like decks up a different Pokemon so all the watches kind of go off at once reading the information of a different Pokemon. So uh, the first one, because I said Bulbasaur. Bulbasaur. Bulbasaur can be seen napping in bright sunlight. There's a seed on its back. By soaking up the sun's rays, the seed grows progressively larger. Nice. That's the first one. We're going to Chimchar next. You'd think I'd be able to do this faster or be prepared (laughs) since I knew what was going to happen. I mean, I mean, you didn't, though. You did. Chimchar, able to climb nimbly up ledges and cliffs. They live on top of rocks and extinguish their flames when they sleep. That's a bad one. I don't know who wrote that one. They could have done a little, <laughs> bit, right. have done a little bit better on that. Totodile. Despite the smallness of its body, Totodile's jaws are very powerful. So, that's, that's where you guys are at right now. Or that's what you guys have in front of you right now. 3v3. So the speed at which uh, this... Uh, I like Young Whippersnapper, so I'm going to keep calling that until <laughs> got, we actually find out his name. Uh, young Whippersnapper, at the speed at which he moves, he you can kind of tell that he is far more confident with his Pokemon than probably you feel with yours. Um, just the way he moves. So when he, when he throws out the Pokeballs, like kind of expertly in both directions, he's immediately barking orders. Bulbasaur, vine whip on that uh, timber, right? Because timber's out. Yeah. I mean, I'm not for it, but that is something <laughs> he could do. 23. That'll hit. That'll hit. <laughs> he rolled a seven. <laughs> right. I rolled a 17. <laughs> well, shit, still. <laughs> That is going to be nine points of damage. Yikes. Without even seeing the result of that attack, Chimchar, Totodile, double team that Ghastly. Oh, God. Nice. Uh, and Totodile uses a big bite attack on the Ghastly. Um, and you kind of see, like, it, it feels like it's going to be kind of a physical force going at Ghastly, but out of the Totodile's mouth just starts to grow darker and darker, and it's almost as if it's not its actual mouth that's getting ready to bite Ghastly, but kind of like a form coming out, just black as night, and you can't see through it. 21. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. So this is a dark attack, which I think Ghastly is weak to. Does yep. it double the yes. does it double the adder? Double the whole thing. You roll, you add, and then you double the damage. Uh, so you got out pretty lucky. I rolled two ones. So Damn. one one plus three, so that's five, so that'll be ten damage on Ghastly. Oh, all right. We're gonna get fucking smoked. Still floating. <laughs> yeah. Um and yeah. Chimchar. Good thing we didn't walk <laughs> out. 
uh, and then Chimchar, uh, you just, uh, it just kind of like blows up its chest and then claps its palms together with its mouth open and just embers start firing towards Ghastly. 12? Does not hit. Okay. Um, so that is what you've got going on ahead of you now. Um, and that means, Mortimer, you are up. Uh, I, um, kid. Look, kid, kid. I, um, I don't know what you're doing here. And, um, obviously we got off on the wrong foot. Um, me and my, uh, pals here, we'll just be on our way. You can, uh, take whatever you need. Um, obviously this misunderstanding, clear misunderstanding. Um, you know, we could, no, no reason we can't all be friends. Clearly we were all here. Um, in this moment together and it's now over that's true Jimmy agrees yeah let's get, out, um, let's get on out of here the, the, the window of talking your way out of it has closed and snapped shut um, uh, the, the young whippersnapper is incredibly reluctant and just kind of smiles he's like oh so now that you feel the heat of, uh, of impending doom uh, doom's a terrible word rewind that <laughs> um, now that you feel the pressure of an impending defeat, you you want to walk out of here? Don't think so. I'm taking the electromagnetic radar, and not to mention, did you kill those two people? <laughs> I okay. mean, okay, first, first, off, first of all, they no. killed themselves. Second, um, I wanted to walk out of here before you started yeah, kicking we our hear asses. You, Jimmy. You we Jimmy, hear you, Jimmy. <laughs> Clearly, you're not very good at this talking stuff. Let's just give him the radar <laughs> thing. We'll go. It's not a big deal. Everybody get what they want. Uh, clearly, it's you, sir. You know, you, you're a very talented young kid. Um, and we'll just be on our way. You can get what you want. You're on your way. And, uh, it, you know, it is what it is. I've taken a lot of L's in my life. I'm old. It's uh, This won't be my first. Okay, so I want to know how much of your turn is encompassing this conversation point. <laughs> All of it. All of your it. entire turn. Okay. I mean, so, what am I going to do? Um, roll, uh, I guess you want to do a persuasion? Yeah. Okay. This is going to go extremely well. Five. Zero percent chance, buddy. <laughs> Zero percent chance. Max just fucking laughs in your face. He goes, you, he just laughs and he's like, you're about to take another L, old man. I'm leading with the radar, the plans, and you guys killed two people. Why are those, why them. are they, they dead? They killed themselves. Why are they dead? He just, he just scoffs and he doesn't believe you. Jill, you're up. Who? Oh, I, I said Jill. <laughs> Jill. June. June. Sorry. June. You're up. <laughs> um, so Jimmy's standing in the elevator. June's going to release Aaron and pull the electromagnetic radar, which is kind of like I can hold it in one hand, right? It's about the size of like, a, I think we said like an iPad or something like a Kindle. Okay. I'm going to Frisbee it to uh, Jimmy and yell, get out of here. Take it. Uh, okay. Can I? Just do it. Do no, that. I mean, like roll. Uh, we'll say it's a dexterity, like a long-ranged attack. Okay. We'll, we'll we'll see how how well it shakes out. Seventeen plus four, so twenty-one. Um, the electromagnetic radar gets tossed into the elevator uh, fairly accurately. Jimmy, give me a very low bar athletics to try and catch it. Natural twenty. Sure, you catch it. <laughs> as soon as he catches it, he's in the elevator. I still scream, "Go!" We'll take care of this. Jimmy's like, well, no, you won't. Come on, just come get on the elevator. What's he going to do? All right. Well, then, uh, is that my turn by throwing that? Yeah. Okay. 
Um, I'm going to start booking it with Aaron, though. I'm going to scoop him up and try to just run past everything, I guess. Okay. Jim, you're up. Timber is going to stand between the everybody and the elevator. Everybody except me, who is in the elevator. He's going he's gonna, to like guard the elevator and use bide. Guard the elevator and use bide. So Timber is putting himself between you, the elevator, and I'm assuming June's probably going to do like a kind of like a banana shape, like behind Timber. Well, yeah, I mean, just, I'm still in the elevator. Right. I know right? you are, but I'm saying like June, when you when we have like you go past, that's where you're going to be. Yeah, I'm trying to duck and dodge around around the battlefield to dive into the elevator before it closes while Timber guards, basically. Okay. So Max, Max kind of like snaps around, sees June hitting the corner and obviously saw the electromagnetic air get flung into the elevator. He, he kind of, kind of like peels his attention a little bit. So he's kind of going off the cuff. Chimchar, flame wheel on the, Chimchar, flame wheel on Ghastly, Bulbasaur, vine whip into the elevator, drag that kid out. And then, uh, uh, who's who's left? A Toto dial, water gun on Aaron. So they all divert their attention again. Are all the Pokemon kind of split to their uh, to their new opponents? And here we go. Uh, Seventeen on Ghastly there, Brian. Yeah, that's a hit. I believe I said Flame Wheel. It's gonna whatever it is. It's gonna knock him unconscious or whatever happens when. Six. They reach, so, whenever they reach zero, that's what happens. You see the ghastly kind of get involved. Just the, the same thing again. The the chimchar this time brings its arms out in a circle in front of it and kind of claps it together like this. And a wheel, like a, literally a circle of flame, just kind of produces above it and fires towards the ghastly, hitting it and almost being ab- absorbed in the ghastly for a moment until it bursts. And then ghastly is blown back and tips over. Um, I think the way the rules are written, if your Pokemon are all knocked out, you yourself are knocked out. Is that right, Joe? No, no. You just uh, technically, like in a in a campaign, you would lose half your money, and you just have to go to a Poke Center immediately. It's not like you pass out. You're just without any sort of defense, so it's like you can't do anything but run. Gotcha. So I'm gonna take a little uh, a little liberty here, and I'm gonna change change that up a little bit just for the sake of this. Because uh, money doesn't play as much of a big role, um, I'm gonna say that uh, the the sh- Mortimer seeing Ghastly kind of just implode and having no real understanding of what happens to a Pokemon uh, when they faint, are they dead or whatever. Um, Mortimer, with kind of your nursing-based background, your initial kind of inclination will be to go see what's wrong with Ghastly, as opposed to head to the elevator. If, okay. if it's okay for yeah. me to take that liberty. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Penalty. Makes um, sense. And then we, we have the Toto dial turning to Aaron. Uh, using a water gun. 16. <coughs> that will hit. And that's uh, double damage. That is a 12. So Aaron's twi- down. So that is 24 damage on Aaron. Aaron. Aaron's. <laughs> Way down. <laughs> uh, the the Toto like tilts its head up to the top of the room, and just you just kind of see its cheeks fluff up, and it starts to gurgle, and it just fires a jet stream into the side of Aaron, um, and Aaron is sent flying. It actually 
June, it hits you in the side of the head, causing you to just stumble and crash into the wall and uh, kind of keel over. Shit. And the uh, the Bulbasaur, last one, uh, we're going to do the Vine Whip on Timber. Natural 20, buddy. Oh, shit. That'll hit. <laughs> how do, how do, is that the same thing as just doubled again? Or doubled then plus the modifier? You double the dice. So not and you the same. Add the a... same modifier. So that's yeah. twenty six, twenty six damage. That'll um, that'll that'll do it. The Aaron is wrapped up in these this Bulbasaur's vine whip timber. Yeah. Uh, excuse me. The the Bulbasaur wraps up the timber in its vine whip and almost in one fluid motion lifts up the timber and launches him into the elevator, smashing into you, Tins, and knocking you against the elevator uh, and putting you to the ground. And the last thing uh, you all hear is just another command to the Pokemon as they all split up and diverge their attacks directly on you and we fade to black. Well, fuck. The end. end. All right. <laughs> season Coming two, in season three. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we were meant to win this fight. Uh, correct. It seemed like a trap. Uh, <laughs> okay, so yeah, candidly, uh, you weren't supposed to win the fight. However, it would have gotten interesting if you all just left. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everybody, this is Joe. Welcome back to Void Episode 5. Glad you're here with us. Hope you're enjoying listening and hope you've enjoyed the campaign so far. Um, if you are a fan of the show, if you are are enjoying what you are listening to, please consider writing us an iTunes review and leaving a rating um, or really a review on any of those pod apps that, that accept those. Um, reviews really help us rise the ranks and show up in the search bar more often for people that are looking for D&D podcasts or Pokemon podcasts. So uh, please consider doing that. It only takes a couple minutes of your time. We'd really appreciate it. And we really just love to hear from you and Love to hear what you like about the show. Um, if you do like the show, also, you consider joining in our communities. We have Discord uh, for both the Pokemon 5e system itself and the Void slash You Meet in a Tavern podcast. So links to those should be in the episode description here. And uh, we would love to have you join in. Uh, we are just about to, or maybe as of this recording as of this listening we are at a thousand members on the uh, you meet in a tavern discord so really excited about everyone that's in there and and the whole community that we've built um also if you've enjoyed the show we would love to hear from you on twitter facebook instagram our other accounts there at ymia tavern if you've got something to share with the show if you've got fan art of the second season we would love to see that um all the fan art from the first season was amazing um so if you if you're an artist or or not, <laughs> you just enjoy the show and want to share something, uh, please send it our way and we will uh, we'll retweet the shit out of it. So um, we would love to hear we would love to see that from you all. Um, last but not least, I want to I want to give a special shout out to those that support the show financially through Patreon, keep us going, allow us to do the stuff that we do, especially those members that are our master trainer, ten dollar or more. Patrons. So the following people are amazing supporters of the show. Jonathan Zeman, Dash Cole, Andre K, Jello Crew, Kurt Nolan, Tarkin Davis, Sierra Clark, Jason Ford, Holly Roxana, Rockin' R's Workshop, Strive for Honor, Max Bender, 
Loam Rouse, James Wallingford, Garrett Johnson, Joey Balboa, Fumbles O'Brien, Spoopy Fondue, 8-Bit Wizard, Sam J.O. Melton, Jason Cumberland, Team Finch, Charles Hollow, Chris Nelson, Ethan Johnson, Adam Hoffling, Mark Deacon, Matthew Watson, Raver E. Alice, Brandon Galbraith, Super Average Jason, Super Above Average Jason, Michelle Stevens, Brend- Brendan Endicott, Grant Trickle, Liquor Larker, Liquor Locker and Jace Harper. So thank you. That huge list of names. You guys are, uh, you people are amazing supporters of the show. So thank you everything for everything you do. I think that's it for me. That was my big spiel. I uh, hope you continue to enjoy listening to Void and our campaign. And like I said, we'd love to hear from you. So hop in our communities and uh, we're pretty active in there. So enjoy the rest of episode five and we will talk to you all soon. Peace out. So, fade to black. Uh, Mortimer, I'm going to defer to you. Um, and I'm going to, I want you to make, is there a, there a heal, like a heal roll, right? Like a medicine. medical roll? Medicine. Mm-hmm. Medicine. Yeah. Could you make a medicine roll for me? 13. Okay. So, um, I want you to make a perception check. Just, again, just Mortimer for now. 15. Okay. You kind of hear the rumbling of a your head. Your head is just ringing. Um, your eyes, you know, you slowly, you slowly open. You kind of adjust this very, very dim light, um, and you recognize yourself in the interior of a kind of a larger vehicle. Um, you said a fifteen, right, on your roll? Yep. Uh, okay, so you're sitting uh, on a bench uh, to your left is Jimmy, who's slumped over still, uh, hasn't come to. And across from you is June. You see that your hands are bound. Your hands are bound behind your back. Um, all your You don't feel any of your possessions anymore. It kind of feels like you were stripped down. Uh, I mean, you're, you still have clothes on, but you, you don't feel it, like right. your Pokeball, stuff like that. Second time, we're only five episodes in. This is a great feeling. Um <laughs> You notice that your uh, all your valuables are kind of like in this chain link based box kind of to your left. So if you're each on a bench facing each other to your left towards the front of this van. Okay. Um, and just through this little peephole, you can see two, uh, two uh, military police officers similar to the ones that you guys have crossed so far in, in your time here and throughout your lives, honestly. Um and now I want Joe to make a medicine check. Okay. Uh, natural 20. Yeah, that's good. So you all of a sudden, it's like you got hit with smelling salts. <laughs> you just kind of like jolt up in your seat and you look across from you. Um, you know, fairly easy to tell that Mortimer's kind of moving around too, you know, getting his bearings. Um, could you make a perception check for me as well? 19. Cool. So, uh, same description that you see, uh, before, or that, that I, that I, uh, relayed to Mortimer. Um, however, you catch that you're like looking through this, the peephole to the front cab of the uh, van, and you can see through the windshield that it's, 
it's pouring down rain um, and you see a lightning bolt just strike the sky, kind of illuminating the path ahead. And you see this incredibly dense, thick green fog kind of rolling towards the van. Uh, Jamal, hell, uh, give me a, a medicine check, please. Medicine check. Plus zero. Three. Cool. So, Jimmy, your, your reaction to all this is you just, you're slumped to one side and you just kind of, <clears throat> and you just kind of teeter over a little bit, uh, but you're still, you're still out of it. Um, Joe, uh, excuse me, June notices the fog is start, is, is incredibly thick and you can't see through the windshield anymore. All of a sudden, the two, the MP driving, he goes, Harry, pay attention. I, I, I can't see. I can't see. Hey, look out! You, the, the van rips through this fog, and the tires just screech as you hear a booming roar. A enormous, enormous steel head just smashes into the front of this van, sending it kind of like a slow motion uh, action movie, like, so now it's like flipping onto its back, and you guys are just tossed all around the back of this cab. The smoke is now dissipating, and you see just kind of from your side, Brian and uh, Mortimer, we'll say all of you, you're all kind of awake, Jimmy, this, this kind of jostle woke you up. You guys can see upside down looking through this just incredibly massive iron and steel snake that protruding out from the top of this gas and it's just a sight to behold you've never seen anything like that before and you've just hear this guttural voice right you take care of the mps and for arceus sake geneva get those idiots out of the back and <laughs> yes sir geneva's kind of like even she's kind of shaking <laughs> And you just see through this cracked window frame, or through the cracked windshield of the van, a Raichu, which is a, a, a large electric mouse Pokemon, just crashes through and just lights up the entire front cab with just blinding lightning. And you, all you hear is just kind of like the faint, like, as the two guys slump down in front. The back door to the van swings open unceremoniously. Uh, and there seems there there you see Geneva just standing there, and her Toxicroak is l- from the top looking in upside down, and she's just shaking her head. I'm glad they were belted in. This could have been really dangerous. <laughs> are we safe? Are we alive? You guys, you guys are you guys are alive and well. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, uh, your head's ringing a little <laughs> bit, well. but you're but you're in decent shape. She she walks down the middle of this upside down van looks up and undoes the clasp and all your shit just falls out. Your Pokeballs, your watches, um, your bag, your money. But you seem to notice that the electromagnetic radar and the plans are not there. Um, and she, again, unceremoniously, her and Toxicroak cut you out of your belts as you guys just fall kind of from the top and just kind of hit the ground. We do like the anime fall and our legs are sticking up in the air. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> June immediately like pats down, uh, you know, what sore arms she has, uses her arms and pats her down and makes sure she still has Aaron. Um, so Aaron, so the Pokeballs fell out of the chest when you okay. guys had all your items. Uh, so we know that. So there. basically everything except the radar and the schematics for the radar. Yeah. Everything about, else you guys the, have intact. Gothita. 
Yeah, so bizarrely, bizarrely enough, those Pokeballs are there, but we're, we're put in a different cubby than your all's stuff. Does that make sense? So it was like, it's there, it's accounted for, but clearly they segregated out of what is your stuff to what is other stuff. Right. The electromagnetic radar schematics are gone. Uh, Geneva comes over and picks up the two blood red Pokeballs with that, with that symbol on it. And she goes, I'm going to hold on to these and I'm going to take your all's Pokeballs. I'll meet you back at HQ. I'll have them right as rain when you guys get there. Your only focus now is to get back. And she departs out of the, uh, of the van, hops up on the hood, and you just hear as she kind of jumps off the hood and she just disappears into the night. But you guys notice, you guys notice out of the back, there are three Dodrio there. Uh, the, the exact same ones that you had uh, ridden into uh, the Dunright Food Incorporated compound, uh, ready to take you all back. Jimmy, Jimmy's still pretty, pretty groggy from hitting his head. Yeah, it's the bird horse. Yeah, let's go. And he goes up and he gives the gives the Dodrio a big hug and hops on its back. June looks to Morty. Morty, did you see that fucking thing? It was huge. Is that voids? Is that ours? I I I don't know. Whatever it was, I want one because <laughs> holy, holy, oh my! Did you? I've never seen anything like that before. Well, we play our cards right. With the way we messed this up, thanks to Jimmy over there. I uh, <laughs> I, I don't see that's in our future anytime soon. <coughs> Oh, fuck, my back hurts. I can only imagine yours, old man. Let's get going. Nice. Oh, yeah. And Mortimer just kind of, like, stumbles his way over to one of the empty Dodrios and kind of, he he doesn't really, he can't, like, get a leg over it. He just kind of, like, jumps and lays on its back. (laughs) (laughs) The the, the three-headed bird just, just squawks and just... Takes off like a missile back up uh, the viaduct uh, towards Pallet Town. And I'll assume that's the direction that you all choose to. I mean, you can go back to the compound if you want. No, absolutely going back. As you as you go back uh, towards, you kind of see that green that green smog is Ooh, now. Before we get too far, yeah. do we does our Pokedex recognize what that was? You you didn't have the watches on, so oh, okay. right. I, I've said them for uh, description purposes, so you can look up and see the three Pokemon or the two Pokemon you saw are a Steelix, S T E L I X, and okay. a Raichu, which burst through the window. Right. But since you didn't okay. have the watches on, you don't get credit for seeing. I just those. wanted to see what it looks like because it. Sound, I mean, it sounded sounded cool. <laughs> um, as you guys are uh, scampering back up, you see just the rug, the uh, the rubble of where this Steelix is face kind of smashed the front of the vehicle to flip it. The smog is now off of the viaduct, but you see it dissipating in both directions. You can tell it's a thick, dense, unnatural smog. It's not unnatural smog to you, so it's not like an industrial smog. It's more similar to maybe what radiates around Gasly. Um, and you guys are careening up the uh, up the viaduct back towards Pallet Town. Um, once there, you guys can, I mean, you're in Pallet Town, so you can do as you choose. This is kind of a open, open spot here. So we have to head for the laboratory. I, so I think first thing we need to go find Geneva and get Rick back and Bud and, um, you know, 
Jimber or whatever, Lenny or whatever his name is. <laughs> yeah, is there even a Pokemon Center in Palatown? I guess they have a Pokemon Center in the base. Yeah. Let's there is definitely not a Pokemon Center in Palatown. That I can tell you. That's just you wouldn't Pokemon Centers just don't exist. There's no oh, need. Oh, that's right. There's, there's no, no need for them to exist. Centers. Right. But Geneva seemed very confident when she took all your Pokeballs, saying, I'll have them back to you right as rain. So she's got some way to make this better. <laughs> make them better. <laughs> all right. Yeah, beeline for uh, the old laboratory where Geneva showed us yep. the entrance. Yep. Um, you guys go up the long steps to the laboratory. Um you know, you guys have your watches back now, so you're able to buzz in with your watch. Um, and it's the disheveled uh, kind of uh, lab scene as before. You make uh, make a note of the interesting, like, kind of specifically placed rubble spots where there's something a little bit more sinister or suspect going on there. Um, and the cameras follow you guys through as you go to the elevator. And uh, just a reminder here, the floors you guys have access to. G1, which is the training grounds. G2, which is the Black Void Market, and G3, which are your sleeping quarters. I think we should probably head to G2. That's the place where we've spent the most time with with Geneva. That's where we've seen her the most. Yeah. Yep. You guys also have your watches. Remember, the uh, watches also yeah. can also communicate. Oh, can we beep in? Can we beep in Geneva? We have our watches beep, on beep, us now. Beep, 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 beep. Our power exactly. That's right. hilarious, and that's just going to be <laughs> canon now. <laughs> so shake it pretty draw it up <laughs> and you just hear uh, Geneva's voice come over uh, Mortimer your watch she goes you guys back already you guys want to meet up now or you want to take a second for yourselves I, uh, I, I we really like to get um, our friends back and then yep. we can um, discuss a further course of action at that time copy that meet at the null and void <laughs> Let's head, let's head over to the Null and Void. Hell yeah. Uh, so you guys make it down to G2. You get out of the elevator. You see the swinging kind of western doors. And actually, you actually see uh, Geneva walk in through those doors as you guys are getting off the elevator. So you're, you're right behind her. She is pulling herself a seat out at the kind of the same corner table you guys were at uh, when you guys had the first kind of big team void discussion. What is it? All that stuff. Um, and she puts all three of your Pokeballs on the table and she is holding the two blood red Pokeballs. Um, she doesn't know what's in them, but as you guys sit down, she kind of rolls these. Now I'm going to drop these off to... Um, to the to G6 where the Pokemon stables are. Um, we've got some folks that have gotten pretty good at cracking open foreign Pokeballs, and we'll be able to get these back into the void of Team Hand uh, Team Void uh, hands. Do we know what's in them? Who has what? Are these all yours? Do you want to keep them? Do you want to give them to be trained to be bred? What do you guys want to do? It's like uh, it's like a little. Uh, it's like a little. Wait, uh, you guys have it. I... You guys have it in your watch. That's right. Yep. It's a Gothita. Yeah, June scrolls through her watch and she says, "The one I caught was a starfish-looking thing. It was a star you." And then you you hear Geneva. She kind of tinkers around on her void watch and kicks up the Gothita description and the star you description. She's like, "Oh, nice, very nice." Um, uh, June, would you like to hold on to star you once we once I we get it transferred into a void official ball? June thinks for a moment. She's like, that thing was pretty tough. Yeah, I mean, if I can, either either take it or maybe trade it in for something else later. 
uh, okay, that's uh, and she she literally just scrawls out on a, like a little post-it note type thing and just kind of stamps June on it. Um, and she turns to Jimmy. Jimmy, it seems like you know about this one. It's a gothita. Did you? What did you want to do with this? What would you like us to do with this for you? I'll keep her. Okay, great. So she writes Jimmy, uh, and then you see her like write a big nail at, like three times. It just keeps crossing <laughs> it out, and she's just like just Jimmy, and stamps that on there. Um, and she turns to you guys, and she goes, uh, "Your Pokemon were beat up pretty bad. They're they're in great shape now. Uh, I'll, you know, I'll have you know how did I do that? Uh, on G four is the Team Void Pokemon Medical Center. Um, that's we call it the Pokemon Medical Center because uh, we like to think that anybody that's out in the field that it get it gets injured doesn't make it back. So uh, we don't really have a lot of need for repairing people around here." Um, but that's where I'll take them. And sooner, once you once you build a little bit more credibility, since it's such a hotbed where we store vulnerable Pokemon, um, you know, you'll get access to that. She hands you those. She puts the Pokeballs back in her back in her pouch. She puts 250 Poyen in front of all three of you. She's like, "Well, you made it back alive, and technically that's a success." And she claps her hands together and she goes, "Tell me about the radar. Did you get it?" I mean, I didn't see it in the stuff, but I don't really know what it looks like. How do we do? Geneva, we need to have a fucking conversation. I, I, it feels like you set us up for failure. I we saw yeah, two sir. people kill themselves. They offed themselves. We had nothing to do with it. And then, like, the thing <laughs> you guys have heard over and over again, it's a, it was a food factory. That's what you told us. That's yeah, a little more than that. Yeah. Definitely not a food factory. I mean, it, it was a food I mean, factory. it was a front. It was a front. Murder it was a front. factory. And she she kind of thinks, she, she, she kind of thinks for a second. She goes, okay, uh, I, uh, June. What? Give me the rundown. What happened? Okay, we go in. We're on the outside. We sneak in. We walk in with the others. We into blend the food in. We get factory. uniforms into the food factory. Okay. It was a food factory. That's for sure. We... Walked in, we figured out how to get to this room. There was a lab. That's where the radar was. We got in just fine. We engaged in battle with these two scientists, these two researchers. Wait, we crushed them. Like, like fist fight? No, 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 no. Pokemon battle. They had yeah. Pokemon. Was that not expected? Where did, we that's we, where we got those those our, Pokemon's our, from. But we whooped them. Uh, and she's thinking. Where did you think we got the Pokemon from? She's thinking. And she's like, well, I didn't, I didn't know where you got the Pokemon. I didn't expect, I didn't expect, uh, like, lab workers to have Pokemon. Uh, and then she, she's thinking, and she starts, you know, she brings out that no- her notepad, and she starts scribbling in it. She goes, I thought they were just storing it there, but were they were building it there? Were they working on it there? Uh, they had the schematics. We we dealt with the two t- scientists, right? And we were uh, we collected the the ray gun thing and the schematics, and then we was ambushed by some guy named Max. Max? Did we? Is that his name? That is his name because the DM slipped up and said it, <laughs> <laughs> and I I caught it. Uh, I, you missed an important step. We w- we were gonna walk out. 
that step, we and that step is not important. We was ambushed. Uh, we were in the elevator. Jimmy, you, sir, are a youngster. Mortimer, attack. You should probably be quiet because you don't Attacked. know. You're not, Max. You're not everybody, helping yourself everybody. sound good here. Geneva's like getting mad. She stands up. She slams her fist on the table. Everybody, shut the fuck up. June, what happened? We go in. They're doing something with the radar. They got the somatics. There were computers. There were laboratory tables. There were men in coats. A woman in a coat. A white coat. Looked like scientist, researcher. I don't know. But they were doing something more than just storing it there, Geneva. Hmm. And she 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 kind of shrugs and she pulls the Pokeballs back out of her pocket and she goes, These are the Pokemon they had? Yeah. And she she rolls around. And she, she like, it's as if she never really took a good inventory of what was actually on them. She didn't notice the symbol stamped in it. And she goes, this is the, this is the government military symbol stamped in here. So they were, huh, interesting. And she writes that down and she goes, so tell me about Max, this, what, what, what was, what was this? Who's this guy? Gullible, gullible, very easy to trick. Um, until Mortimer attacked him. As I say, if it's easy to trick, why didn't you all just leave? Great question. We, uh, we tried, but he ambushed us, like I said. That is one way of putting it. Um, yeah. So you were... I was curious who he was. I asked him a couple questions, and he flipped. He was able to control three Pokemon at the same time. At once. And absolutely crushed us. Did... Did you happen to notice if... His Pokeballs were the same as these ones, and she pulls out the like the government stamped ones again. I I I didn't see that. However, I uh, the the feeling was he was there looking also for the radar, and so if he worked for the government, why would he like have come like battle ready? I don't know. So I want all of you to do a knowledge check. This intelligence, just straight intelligence or history or history. Well, I guess history would work. I'm, I'm trying to recall. I'm having you all recall on your memory of the room to see if you can notice what his Pokeballs look like. Six. Okay. Six. I also got a six. Cool. I got a nine and eight. If it's straight <laughs> intelligence. Um, yeah. Okay. And you got a nine June. Yep. Um, so yeah, you guys, you guys will say that the, it, it had some red to it, but you can't be sure if it was the same or if it was different. Yeah, the 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 battle was heated up. I wasn't paying attention, to be honest. I didn't know we were looking for that. And he was controlling three at once. Yeah. Yep. And his little name things too, but they were strong. What and what did he look like? Nothing special. Average. Black hair. Hat. Wow. And she's just she's just taking on. vigorous notes. She's like, okay. So did, did you? I, I mean, was the radar? In the stuff that in your all stuff, I didn't see it, but I don't know what I'm looking for. I didn't see any schematics. Did you get the radar? We had it. I threw it to Jimmy. Does that imply you don't have it anymore? Uh, yeah, that Jimmy lost it. Um, yep. Yep, so definitely Jimmy. we definitely don't have it or the schematics, uh, because this Max guy uh, ambushed us and took it from Jimmy. Okay, so you don't have it, right? You don't have it. You don't have the schematics. That's fine. 
Did you at least destroy them like I told you to? If you can't make it out with them, I said to destroy them so nobody had it. Did you guys destroy it? Well, shit. Um, did you, what, did you tell us that? (laughs) (laughs) Jimmy, she definitely did. I don't think that happened. We thought we were going to get away. But at some point, you didn't feel like you might not and destroy. Like that, like, I understand that this mission didn't really go as easily as we thought, but the directions were pretty clear. Like, your success rate is given on the mission, not whether you guys made it back or not. What's important to me was the radar. We just got you out of convenience, like, got you out of that van out of convenience. What happened to the radar? Do we not know? Presumably, that guy took it. Listen, Geneva, the... Description of what we were supposed to do was like three episodes before we actually had to do it. It's very difficult yes, exactly. to remember these things. I, 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 I still doubt that it happened. However, I was, I was drinking a lot that night. Geneva checks That's her Geneva checks her notes. Geneva checks her notes. He goes, "Man, it was only like one episode's worth of stuff ago." <laughs> Uh, but she's like, you like, you see, she's kind of getting flustered. It's like, oh shit, 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 shit. And she's writing. She's just writing down more notes, like question marks. You just kind of see just scribbles firing through this notebook. And she pops up, and she walks over to uh, to Ricketts and uh, Tug the primate. She goes, get them, get them around. And she spins over her shoulder and she goes, uh, guys, I'll reach out to you in the morning. I. I need to go talk. I need to go talk to the boss. And she just kicks through the, the swinging doors and leaves you all in the null in the void with uh, a primate angrily bouncing from table to table as it just palm strikes all the beers in front of you, most of it spilling out. And then you guys are left to your own devices for right now. I uh, I, I think that went pretty well, but I really wish we should have Morning. asked her uh, who, who had that big steel thing that like got us out of that truck. I want to meet that guy. I don't know if that's a question we should be asking right now. I think we're uh, we're pretty fucked. Right. So why not why not ask the question? I mean, she, it's just seem fine. Let's go gambling. <laughs> Let's go gambling. Um, as you go in the door, Pierre Luc is sitting on the counter of the uh, of kind of that arcade gift zone thing. Uh, my friends, back, back from the first <laughs> mission, eh? A roaring success. <laughs> <laughs> now that Geneva is gone, you guys gamble, and Let's and he and he it. ushers you over. There's two tables. One table has three people. Um, kind of the one on the center to the right, and the table kind of in the front right corner has uh, two drunk pe- or two people, but one person looks incredibly drunk. Okay, so I'm not rolling a perception check for a mark because that guy's the mark. So I'm just describing what you can naturally tell. Like if you, he could be a degenerate gambler or that is just on a heater. You don't know, but I will allow you to do your perception check on an individual now. 20. Um, Natural. He is drooling drunk, and you can just watch by his body language. He's he's just cautioned to the wind. There is no rhyme or reason to how he's approaching this card game. Um, and you feel like it wouldn't be too difficult to get a hustle in. So the first thing Jimmy does is he walks over, bumps into the guy, and knocks over his chips. 
And he goes, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Let me help you with that. And he helps him scoot his chips back up into a nice stack and palms a medium to large amount of them. Okay. So I'm, I'm, actually, I'm just going to roll a perception, not for the drunk guy, uh, but for the other guy. Can you do a slide of hand check? Because the there's two people at the table. Can you just do a slide of hand check? Yeah. Slide of hand is a, an 18. Okay, so I got a 16 on my perception. So the guy, like, you, we'll say you have, whatever, 10 chips. Are, is that an amount we can agree on? And then we'll add a value based on how much you actually want. Does that make sense? Sure. Because like, the quantity. So you grab, like, 10 as you're helping him. And the guy at the table goes, hey, 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 you just grabbed two of his chips. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize I grabbed those. I'll just set those right back. Um, so now everybody seems a square. They're a little... The one guy, the not-so-drunk guy, is a little leery of you because he did just see you uh, take two chips. Um, but you're now sitting at the table, and it is um, just classic... Um, I don't, I, I will have to rename this in something Pokemon themed, but I was going to just say Texas Hold'em. <laughs> so what is, what is a Texas theme or a Pokemon themed name for Texas Hold'em? Sapphire Scramble. All right. Perfect. Sapphire Scramble, AKA Texas Hold'em. June is going to whip around to the, uh, prize booth where all the, like you said, bunch of different items and, and Pokemon. I don't know. You said we could buy Pokemon there and stuff. Um, so it kind of there's no value associated with the stuff behind behind Pierre Luc. Okay, and, so June, yeah, go ahead. Oh no, I was just, that was just gonna say uh, that Pierre Luc sees you eyeing the stuff, so he kind of like flips his feet over the counter and he like takes his spot as if you know he's he's a salesperson. Yeah, June says, "Pierre, Pierre, come here," and she she waves him over and she uh, kind of pushes a few buttons on her watch and she shows him the picture of the star you. And she says, look at that thing right there. I just caught one of those. A star you. Yeah. Starfish, hella strong. Almost took out my Aaron. It would look very good. It'd bring a lot of customers in with the jewel that it has on its uh, on its belly. Continue. What's it worth to you? What's it worth to you? What you got back there that uh, I could trade this bad boy in for? That's the wrong question. That is a wrong question. What is it worth to you? I don't need it. I just want it. I don't need it. You don't need it. You said you said it would bring customers in. Uh, and she looks around seeing the... Uh, I'm the only gambling hall here. I get customers regardless. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if you don't want the Pokemon, you could pull that gem out, sell it, make a bunch of money. My friend, we are trying to help Pokemon. <laughs> okay, okay. We'll scratch that from the record. We'll scratch that from the record. I don't think June would say that yeah, anyway. Jimmy's on the other side of the room. Holy shit. <laughs> when you grow up in the streets. Learning oh, a lot man. about my companions here. So I'll give you a rewind on that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that won't make it in the podcast. All right. Um, <laughs> what's it worth to me? Well, I mean... I need Pokemon on my missions. I'm just saying, you've got some, I've got some. If this is more beautiful to you than some of, you know, the creatures that you might have, I might be interested in one of yours. What you got? It's not really gambling if you know everything and there's no... There's no sense of complete certainty, right? So, I'll make you this deal. And he Let's thinks... And he goes, first off, I go in and out of the accent all the time. 
So don't don't you let that <laughs> don't, don't don't offend anybody. Don't, here. don't you don't you let that worry you. Um, and he thinks and goes. Tell you what. what. What is your name? What is the name? June Pierre. June. What type of Pokemon would you prefer? You already said the star. You is very strong. It's very beautiful. Uh, why you don't want to keep the star? You what? What Pokemon would you want instead of a star? You. I'm what not type in, of Pokemon? I'm not in for looks. I need something. I, it's it's strong, but it's not tough. If you know what I mean, I need something scrappy, something that can hold its own, something that can fight. I'll tell you what, my friend. I tell you what. And Pierre Luke thinks for a second. He pulls it. He pulls out uh, three three cups to, to kind of do the the hidden ball moving trick. And he goes, June. I'll tell you what. How much money do you have, June? How much money do you have? Uh, three hundred po yen. He looks at you, and what what would I do to sit, like test if you're lying to me? Uh, insight check. He'll do an insight check on on that statement. And it'd probably be against my deception since I'm lying to him. Well, it was a natural. It was a natural twenty. Okay. Well, um, mine was it. He goes, June. This is the gambling corner. I see degenerate people all around. You're not a degenerate person. You're a very bad liar. You do. You have more than three po- three hundred poyen. How much poyen do you have? You're smart, Pierre. I've got five hundred. That's it. I promise. Five hundred. And he starts. He he holds up a. Uh, a little ball, and he tosses it up and scoops it real quickly with one of the cups. And he starts spinning them around, spinning them around, spinning them around. And he goes, June, this is a deal I make to you. You find the ball, I'll switch your Staryu with a Pokemon type of your choice. I win. You give me your 500 Poyen and the money you make on your next mission. Both? That's ridiculous. I've got a one in three shot. But if you look, you increase your chances. Is are you are your eyes faster than my hands? Pierre, you got yourself a deal. And she holds her hands out to shake. Uh Pierre Pierre shakes shakes your hand. So the way we're gonna do this, um, we're, uh, what we, so we're gonna do perception versus sleight of hand. Okay. Uh, my perception versus his sleight of hand. Correct. Okay. So I am going. Do, do you want to roll at the same time? What do we yeah, want sure. to do? All right. One, two, three. <laughs> Twelve. <23. Okay. laughs> so yeah, Pierre shuffles it around. He's kind of grunting. Like he's moving around. He's moving around. You even you even uh, notice that uh, the Machamp has come from the back and kind of like bumps into you a little bit to kind of like take <laughs> your focus off, and uh, you pick whatever you, you you play it out how it's and he stops the cups and he kind of presents his hands like this, and June like smirks a little bit and eyes him and squints and then starts to reach her hand towards the right cup and sees like sweat dropping down his brow and quickly. Moves it over to the left and pulls it up quickly, and there is the ball laying there. June! And she says, ha, ha, ha. And you can see uh, Pierre turns to, to my, my champ. What are you doing? 
But bump into her. <laughs> what are you doing? Okay, a deal's a deal. <sighs> what type of Pokemon are you looking for? It's going to take me a day to, to get one together for you. I want something that can fight. A fighting type, if that's such a thing. Fighting types Pokemon. Machamp! Very, very good fighting type Pokemon. <laughs> and you just, Machamp I'll just take start, him. Machamp I'll just take starts him. flexing <laughs> and anything. You, you know, you're, you are not good enough, good enough for Machamp. Look at the belt on Machamp. And he starts like slapping the belt. Look at this. You don't get Machamp. Give me till tomorrow. I will find a fighting type for you. Um, a good one. So, so Joe, what I want you to do right now is I want you to roll um, a, on a D100, on a 100 scale. And okay. tell me what number you get. 63. So because you're not exactly sure what's a fighting type or not, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to give you a CR rating okay. to pick within. And then I want you to uh, choose five from there. So obviously okay. throw some fighting types into the mix. Um, but if there's not five, then you like you could get something that isn't fighting type. You know what I mean? Since you don't actually know what you're looking for until you get it. So do I have to choose like five, but three are fighting and two are not? If, I mean, if there's five fighting in that category, choose five fighting ones. Oh, okay. Do you cool. understand what I'm saying? You. Like, yeah, put yeah, it yeah, as yeah, close to you. what you want as possible. Just know that the result is going to be random. Perfect. If you would have gotten Got like it. 95 or above, I would have just set a CR rating and then you would have picked one in there. Okay, sweet. But now we'll do Makes a sense. CR rating. You pick like five out of them. And if, yeah, we'll go from there. So uh, that'll be that'll be a, a post-episode thing. Sick. Uh, Mortimer sweet. will bounce over to you, and then Tins will go back to your gambling. So uh, I think you asked about a slot machine before. Yeah. So yeah. there's a slot machine in the corner that uh, takes the same type of gambling chips that uh, Tins is, uh, that um, Jimmy has at the table. Which kind of interesting that he's he's over there and he has some chips, but didn't necessarily go to Pierre Luke to get them. So that's kind of like something to be aware of. But the chips look the same that you would put into this uh, slot machine. It is old. It is decrepit. No, half the lights work, and there's just cobwebs all over it. Uh, I'm gonna go over there. Um, I'm gonna drag a chair over to sit in front of the slot machine and just sit there, uh, aimlessly pushing the buttons talking to myself the rest of the night um are you actually inserting nope nope you're, no. you're just Absolutely. goofing around with it okay yeah that's fine and we'll uh i think we'll wrap up here jimmy we'll go to you and that's uh where we'll start to wind this thing down so first let's choose a value of the chips you stole so say roll a d10 seven okay so each chip will round up is worth a hundred is worth a, a hundred, a hundred units of money, but it represents, we'll say, uh, ten po yen. So you have eight of those. Okay. Eight hundred and chips equals eighty dollars in po yen. Okay. Well, why don't I play it straight and do like a performance check? Because poker's a bluffing game. And then if I start losing, I will start doing sleight of hands. Okay, sure. So uh, we'll just say, choose a number of times you want to go through this cycle. A total number, so there's a stopping point. Uh, maybe five? Okay. F five and then assess? Or five and then yeah, you'll switch five, from? Five okay. and then assess. Okay. 
So, so I'm just rolling five performance checks? Correct. And I'll do okay. the same, and we'll just go through them one by one. First one is a 17, a 16, a 13, a 9, and a 21. Okay, I'm going to roll mine. So you won three, lost two, but you're actually getting two. So two, four, six, minus two, four. So you're up 40. You're up right. 400 in chips, 40 po-yen. Let's, let's go all in. Okay. Let's all, do one more and go all in. Are we doing performance or are we doing sleight of hand? I think let's do performance. And if I do bad, I'll do a sleight of hand. <laughs> well, if you do up. bad, you're out of the game. <laughs> Um. Yeah, sure. Fuck it. We'll do sleight of hand. Okay. I cheat. I cheat. So I'm gonna do. Uh, I guess this would be against perception, right? Yeah. Okay. Eleven. <laughs> I got a seventeen and an eight. <laughs> um, the seventeen was actually the drunk guy. So <laughs> he he just careens in ladder. Ah! <laughs> Stupid grunt, and he just. Just the disgusting, just sweatiest alcohol, like sweats oozing out of, or uh, alcohol is oozing out of his pores. He clumsily drags the chips back over and he kind of pulls you in. So I'm going to give you another window here. He kind of pulls you in and he goes, everybody's luck runs out sometime, buddy. When you've been around as long as I do, I'm just, I'm just made of money. I'm made of luck. I got it all. And I, can I do a sleight of hand check to make it look like he was cheating? Like I'm catching him cheating? <laughs> um, we would be past that point. Because he already, he already raked the money. Um, but when he pulls you in and drags you closer, that's a window where you think you might be able to uh, do something. Whatever that is, I'll, I'll have it. But he's got a big arm around your shoulder and he's pulled you in. And he's kind of like dragging you out of your seat back towards he's sitting all the chips are kind of sprawled out because he just he didn't grab them all like he just clumsily does he have a wallet uh not that you can see it's not out um but you can perceive for one if you'd like sure uh perception what do i have Eh, 12 so you notice that it's uh in a very difficult spot it's in his front left jean pocket but like buried in there. So like you can you can see the wallet, but you don't think you'd be able to reach around him because it's his leg furthest away from you to get in there. Interesting. Interesting. Well and where am I in relation to the chips? So your so your chest is at the you know in front of the table. The chips are in front of you, and he's kind of drug you away from where you were, where all your chips were just taken, kind of like around the table closer to him. So your your left arm is kind of free. Your right arm is pinned to your body, and the chips are just kind of haphazardly scattered, going towards his pile. If that makes sense. Uh, okay. Well, I'll just as he pulls me over, I will sort of theatrically fall over and knock all the chips onto the ground. Okay. Uh, is that performance or sleight of hand? Uh, we'll call it, doesn't really matter, because I'd say modifier, we'll call it, uh, performance. That makes sense to me. 14. Okay, so you get about five chips off the table, and they kind of clink around, um, 
a couple are underfoot. One rolls completely under the table, um, and one rolls under his chair. So you've got like three kind of right below you, one under his chair and one that's rolled, uh, towards the other gentleman at the table, uh, which you don't think you can reach that one. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to extricate myself from his grasp and be like, Hey buddy, you dropped some, uh, you drop some chips on the ground and work my way over to the other side of him. So he looks down and he just kind of goes, oh, and he's kind of like waddling himself forward to try and grab the three that are closest to to where you were. I want to I want to work my way around the other side of him and try to uh, snatch his wallet under the guise of helping him pick up the chips. So real quick, I'm going to do a, uh, a per- perception check with... Uh, um, for the guy across the table that's like kind of seeing all this stuff go down and he's just he's starting to get a little bit more suspicious especially since he saw you palm the things before um that's a 15 so he doesn't suspect anything necessarily but he is watching you he is watching you pretty closely um so now you're on you're on the other side you can go for a sleight of hand you can do as you please hey 15 plus 5 modifier it's a coin flip let's give it a let's give it a shot 14 and he kind of sees you reach over and he just kind of does like a sharp whistle and your attention snaps up and he just kind of just shakes his head and then he he grabs uh he he grabs a couple uh couple chips from the table uh from the drunk guy and he gets up and he taps them into your chest and he says i think it's time for you to get out of here i I, jimmy is shocked that he would be accused of any uh untoward behavior he pats the drunk guy in the back he grabs a couple of the chips off the ground puts them back into his hand and says hey buddy Great job. You took it down tonight. Have a great night. Oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as you as you walk by, uh, Pierre-Luc is just laughing. He's kind of seen, he's just watched all of this. And he just, he, he just, as you walk by, he's like, fuck it, degenerates. And he slides 50 po yen on the, on the counter towards you. And he like waves for the chips that he just saw the guy put in your chest. I toss him the chips. <laughs> um... And with that, I will say it's probably time for you all to hit the hay for the next day. Let's hit the hay for the next day. Oh, yeah. Judah's already been in bed like 30 minutes ago. (laughs) Mortimer fell asleep in his chair in front of the broken down. Jimmy, you have to drag a bizarrely speaking to himself Mortimer out of a corner (laughs) of a slot machine that barely works. (laughs) 